Hi, I'm Lyle King, Associate Director at CM Industrial, the official talent solutions partner of Metasphere. I'm sat here in Metasphere's UK office with the Commercial Director, Phil Tomlinson. Thank you for having us, Phil. You're very welcome. Yeah, so before we get into everything, I think it would be a great place uh, to start with a bit of a background into you and what your progression has looked like since starting with Metasphere. Yeah, okay. Normally you get to these things, you get into, is it the potted history or do you want the quick version? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been with Metasphere for, for 10 years now and that's been continuously in the commercial function of the business. Um, back, back in kind of 2012 when there was a, a much smaller team here and we were, we were kind of really focused on a particular area of business in the UK whilst we build the expansion profile. Um, in 2013, I, I was asked to kind of lead the, the sales function as a sales manager. We were still operating just outside the UK then. As we moved to open the office in Sydney in, in 2014 and 2015, um, I, took, I moved into a sales director's role, but I was much more focused on the areas kind of west of kind of Southeast Asia and, and Sydney, and Australia. The role has kind of subtly shifted over time, but it's been uh, associated with all the different aspects of the business, whether that's kind of the regional control systems that we were certainly known for in our early days as Metasphere and prior to that as Logica. Um, through to the kind of mains power control equipment that's historically always been associated with the regional control systems and more and more over the last kind of 10 to 15 years into the low power underground IP68 solutions that really we're known for today. Excellent. So why is now such an exciting time for Metasphere? I, I don't, th I, not just Metasphere, I think in terms of the industry, there's never been such a time of change, particularly when it comes to technology, deployment of technology, and actually availability of, of appropriate technology. The, the operational technology space within utilities, and it's not just water, but certainly for us as a focus, is, is exploding. The, the capability and availability of the technology and the understanding of how that can be deployed by these companies has just opened the doors to what, what, what people think they can do. Whereas historically it was okay, so well, we need to do this, there's not, there's not so many ways of doing it. We're going to have a very structured approach to it. Whereas the mentality is now saying, well, actually, how, how much, what's the limitations? The limitations have changed. The limitations have changed from being, actually, we might be able to get data from this site once a day to being, actually, what do we want our own compromises to be? How, much, how many batteries do we want to put on site? Where does that sit in our sustainability plans to actually how real time do we need this to be? And every, everyone's on this journey. Like the this kind of spend profile in this technology space in the global water industry is just going bananas at the moment. What do you see as the bigger or biggest opportunities in the market right now? I think for the last few years we've we've really become known um, as a specialist kind of wastewater solution provider. It's certainly I would say where our reputation is in terms of that underground kind of sewer monitoring piece, and it's it's an area of industry that until in the UK thinking about AMP seven has been under-focused on and certainly underfunded. That has certainly changed. And there's, there's a bit of a kind of combination of that with um, better understanding of what's going on hydraulically in these networks, as well as pressure from the public. Actually, there's a greater awareness by the public that this is a real problem that we've got to resolve. And, and, and they, they don't want it. You know, it's not acceptable anymore. The, the answer can't be, well, actually, this is how the systems are designed to operate. This is a protection valve, and yes, that's true. But you, if you accept that the demographic pressures and change in how our consumption patterns are impacting this, we can't just replace everything. 
And we can't just kind of say, well, actually, we're going to remove all CSOs from the networks. It's going to cost billions of pounds to do and take longer than I'm going to spend working in the industry, probably. So there's got to be a better way of doing it. And people have talked about things like tech, not tank, in terms of how you kind of manage sections of network. Um, but actually, the, the mentality now is actually we need visibility. We need to be able to see what's going on. We need to take the great work that's been done in the clean water networks for the last two months, last 10 years, and take that mentality to clean water. So it's the investment profiles going forward. And actually, the work that's being done by people like Philip Hume in terms of progressing focus as we're trying to get through Parliament as a private member's bill and get that into um, statutory guidance through DEFRA as to what the expectation for AMPATE is, that every discharge needs to be monitored. And actually, we need to know about flow. We need to know about water quality. Are we discharging stormwater? If it is, do we care as much as if we're discharging sewage? Is it domestic? Is it environment? Is it on the street? All these things have different implications. And it's, it means it's a hugely exciting time to be in the industry because there's a lot of change, there's a lot of focus, and actually there's projects happening. Sounds like, It does sound like a really interesting time. Now, Metasphere were recently given an award for the Art Sewer product line. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, at last week's Water um, Innovation Awards, we were nominated for two categories. Um, the and the one we won was about pollution initiative, so it's the pollution initiative of the year. And uh, I mentioned before that actually our our reputation of being known as a provider in this space, we've been on a bit of a journey for the last four years as to how we reframe that conversation, understanding that the desire for change following water is going to happen. How do we how do we enable that market shift to happen, and how how do we design up from the ground a new solution to enable that to become a reality, which is it's great to sit here on this side of that kind of conversation, looking at that having turned into reality and the recognition that it's turned into reality by things like awards kind of show. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, I was at the wrong awards. <laughs> I was at the WEX event last, last week and where we were nominated for a different award for the same solution. Um, but I think it, it was great for the team and it was we had customers as well as kind of people who worked on the project at the award ceremony to go and, to go and get the recognition they deserve for the hard work that's been been going on for the last few years. Well, congratulations on that one. Thank you. Um, so where where would you see Metasphere in five years from now? I think we will continue to grow in our areas of strength that I've highlighted so far. I think the, the industry certainly here in our kind of core operating areas is, is not done with that space and it's going to evolve. So I mentioned before around the shifts in regulation to flow and quality at discharge points, as well as utilities continuing to build on the good work that's being done through this amp. So I think that's just going to grow and grow and grow. And, and we're kind of right at the, the kind of pointy end of the spear with that one. And it's how, for us, it's how do we maintain that position and maintain the momentum kind of through the market on that one. Like most companies our size, we've got we've got our own kind of goals and ambitions for regional growth, as well as kind of continued growth with our core markets. Great. So um, with that in mind, obviously our commercial teams in particular are expanding. Why do you think it's such a great time to be part of the Metasphere commercial team right now? It's always nice to be part of a, something that's happening and growing, isn't it? So it's, you want to be part of that journey. So as an organisation that has been, has been built into this position um, and has kind of foresight as to how you're going to continue the kind of growth we talked about a moment ago, I think becoming part of that journey and having a, a real input to that is, is, has got to be something pretty appealing. You know, we, we kind of give people kind of broad parameters of how they operate and, and say, actually, this is, this is how we want, this is what we want to do. How do you think we should do it? So people who are kind of interested in, who've got their own ideas and their own opinions and their own 
Some has their own way of doing things. Actually, we want that. We want people to come in and challenge us and challenge our conceptions as to how, how we do things and how we can do things better. So it's for the right person. I think it's certainly a, a, a great time to join the team. So with that in mind, why do you think it's such an exciting time to be part of the Metasphere team at the minute? I think the honest answer is that everyone wants to be part of a successful story, don't they? Everyone wants to have their own input and their own contribution to those type of success stories. And certainly we, we can see the pathway to the trajectory we talked about and the growth plans that, that we want to kind of realise. And we, we want people to come on and contribute to that and bring their own ideas and ways of working as to how they can not only help us realise that, but how they can challenge our ways of working. It's part of our key value and core value set is actually how do we collectively win together, but how do we how do we challenge each other? It is actually constructively challenges is the core value. And you sit there and add that into, well, actually everyone's got a voice. Everyone's got a respect for it. Everyone can be heard. And that's that's a really important impact on our organisation and how we work together. So it's it's something that would not fit everyone. It really isn't, because I, I will certainly let give my team a fair amount of kind of bandwidth to say, look, this is what we're trying to get to. What do you know and what's the best way to go about this? I can help you do this, this and this. If you need help with anything else, what help do you need? What what obstacles are in the way of the business? So having someone with the strength of character to come on and, and have that kind of positioning and way of talking about it, it means it, it, it's different. It's an unusual kind of character. And that, but that is the type of character we really kind of need here. And it is, you see it from the kind of people in the team already that... Actually, the people who are in the commercial team in the UK today have been here for six years, have been here for nine years, I've been here for 10 years. It's, it's unusual. And it, it, once, you, once you get the right kind of character for that for kind of organisational culture like that, it works. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you've touched on it quite a lot there, but which or what personality traits in particular would you look for in a candidate to be successful in your team in particular? I think one of the things we that's really important that we, we really nail down with candidates is you've, you've, and ambitious isn't necessarily the right word, there's an expectation of that, but in terms of how that filters into being self, self-sufficient self and being a self-starter, yes, there will certainly be areas of the business where you need support from different aspects of the organisation and how you build those relationships is, is really, really important, um, but equally how you build those externally. So someone's got to be, it's how you communicate is then important because we don't live in a fast-paced world. It, it, the role is about how you build long-term credibility and capability with clients and potential clients because the sales cycle you know, in the industry is often several years long. So the approach for that is really important. So there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a blend there between kind of patience that sits along the self-starting piece, which is, a, is in, again, it's an unusual combination. And because we're the certainly the commercial teams here are kind of heavily involved in the business development, pre-sale, post-sale, account management piece, it's it's again it's 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 a slightly unusual split in terms of how generally commercial people are kind of set in the market. So again, I mean, this is to follow on from that then. But if you were to highlight three key experiences that a candidate might have had in their background. What would you say are top three that you'd be looking for? I think for me, for top three experiences, is one is how do you manage and how do you deal with challenging situations? It, it's a reality. Anyone says they don't have those type of conversations to have is not being honest with themselves. Um, and 
and we don't just take from business and kind of leadership of the business, we don't just take over. If we're if we're asked to kind of step in and support, we will do. And if and whether that's by the individual or by the customer, doesn't really matter to us. So actually how how people and how they respond to those types of situations. So for argument's sake, are they just trying to close the conversation down? Do they say what they think people need to hear just to kind of the kind of conflict avoidance piece? That's a big flag. It's actually do the right thing and say the right thing. Doesn't matter how painful it is. And again, I talked about our kind of core values before. It's kind of the say it, do it right kind of piece. And it's like our CEO is kind of favorite line with that. We take the pain early. <laughs> no, let, let's. It's about honesty and integrity, and uh, those kind of filter back into our previous conversation about kind of characteristics. Okay, then. So just to finish, let's pretend that I'm a successful candidate, and it's my first day in your team. If you were to give me one piece of advice, what would it be? For dealing with me, I would say, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. That absolute core rule. If I think you're doing that, I'll pull you up on it pretty quickly. And I think I've got the recruitment process wrong. If it's a case of how to settle into the organisation, it's spend the time, take the time to build the relationships with the core team in the office, because you will need those people more than you think you will. And that's part of our, you know, historically as a small organisation, there was almost a familial feel about it. Um, and having, you still get that. The business is very different than it was when I joined, but there's still a very tight-knit group of people who work here. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for having us today, Phil. I'm sure that's given people great insight into Metasphere and what it takes to succeed in your commercial team. For those listening, if you would like to hear more about Metasphere or career opportunities here, please don't hesitate to get in touch with myself. Feel free to drop me a message over LinkedIn or via email. That's it from myself and Phil. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.